Hey everyone, this is Jason, and welcome to the Bold Moves Only podcast. For today's episode, I spoke with John Moore, co-founder and creative director at Outer Known. Outer Known is a clothing brand where sustainability is at the core of everything they do. Honestly, I personally can't even go shopping and buy clothes if I don't know what I'm buying, and Outer Known is a brand that is extremely transparent where I can actually have an idea about every single thing that is going into what I'm wearing. From labor abuse to climate change, the garment industry has honestly become a monster. So let's learn from one of the best in the game. Let's get into it. Hi, John. Welcome to the Bold Moves Only podcast. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Um, So how would you personally describe Outer Known and how did it all get started? Um, Well, grew up, wasn't a very good academic uh, learner, just didn't do well at school, but I definitely like found a love for the arts Um, and went, studied fine art in college. And immediately after school, I got a job in the apparel trade. And it was for me a way that I could make money being creative. Um, I didn't understand it. I didn't go to school specifically for design, but it was a way for me to put ideas on paper, um, help create things and get paid for it. And did that for a couple of tiny little companies, um, worked for a streetwear brand in, in the mid nineties called Fresh Jive. And then I got tapped by Abercrombie and Fitch to create a new concept for them in the late nineties. And I think this is all pretty important in trying to kind of describe what outer known is and just how it happened. Um, I think if you just asked me what Outer Known is, I would have explained it to you. I think it's important to have this backstory to understand what, you know, like, why are we doing it the way we're doing it? Yeah, of course. Abercrombie was, you know, the biggest business of fashion and, you know, building clothing in that way. I was exposed to a lot of the reality of, um, what it means to have new products all the time at the best possible prices um, where, you know, you're cutting every corner uh, to get things as quickly as possible and protect as, as, as high of a margin as possible for, for you as a business. Um, And in my time at Abercrombie, I wasn't just, on the creative design side, I was actually out on the front lines of manufacturing um, and seeing crazy, crazy things, you know, seeing the, um, just the reality of what happens on the factory floor when you're building clothes conventionally, the waste, the, the way that the workers are treated. um, And at the time it just felt like, 
that's this is what we do this is this is how the industry works this is fashion i was quite young and i wanted to i wanted to be an, a great asset to the company and i was you know i was towing the line um i'm going to skip a million details and just tell you that you know had a bit of bit of success the brand i helped abercrombie launch was called hollister and as it grew quickly, you know, I realized that I missed some of what I loved in my previous experiences. Um, and being with smaller brands where I was more hands-on with product. And so again, I'm going to skip a lot of details. I left Abercrombie. I worked for another small business. And then in 2008, I started a studio and, you know, the idea was that we wanted to help visionaries bring their ideas to life and you know in doing so hopefully we could bring some of our own ideas to life um you know we could we could incubate our own our own concepts within the studio um it was in that decade of running my own creative studio that i was consulting with brands in many spaces um mostly in fashion and retail, but also in wellness, hospitality, sports. And one of those projects was uh, with Quicksilver, the, you know, the, the global surf brand. And they had tapped our studio to help them bring a women's concept to the market. And again, I'm going to skip those details and just cut to the fact that it also brought me together with Kelly Slater, um, who, if you guys don't know, is is an 11 time world champion surfer, you know, essentially the greatest surfer of all time. And, you know, someone who I had looked up to as as a fan and a lifelong surfer forever, um, just just loved watching the guy um, in the water and really respected what he stood for. And um, I wasn't working directly with him when I came in to consult in the Quicksilver world. I was doing this women's brand, as I, as I mentioned. But, you know, Kelly had spent more than two decades with them. And um, he made, you know, he'll, he'll often tell the story that, like, the apparel world that he was an ambassador for essentially fueled and paid for his whole career and so you know quicksilver i believe he spent 24 years with but um you know sent him around the world enabled him to compete and obviously that was a big part of his story but what was more important to him was the way he was living his life kelly is an incredibly clean living um person not just now not just as a athlete who will be 50 soon and is still competing at the highest level but as someone who has lived his life this way for for years the guy literally thinks about every single thing he puts in his body doesn't do any drugs and he hardly has a drink of alcohol and you know i think i'm telling you a long-winded path of 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 how we got to outer known, but I think that's, this is all very important um, as it all ultimately, it was the sum of all, all of these parts. And, you know, Kelly 
was thinking about the way he was living his life, but then he realized like, as he looked down at the apparel that was sponsoring his whole career, you know, he didn't realize, he realized he didn't know what the ingredients were that was going into the t-shirt he was wearing. You know, he had no clue where it was being made. And that really bothered him. And he wanted to answer those questions. I was down the hall working on this women's line. And so the group asked me to help Kelly bring this other idea to life. And, you know, after so many years in their family, the the idea was like, let's let Kelly kind of launch his own thing. And um, so I helped him on that. Um, it was, it was there that we really got to know each other in terms of, um, kind of understanding like what we both appreciated in design and, but also more importantly, getting to understand, you know, where his head was at around building clothes, finding a way to build clothes in a much better way. Um, really understanding what we're putting into the clothing that we're making. And this, at the time, we weren't really using the word sustainable. I don't even think we, it, it was, I'm sure someone was, but for us, it was just, let's just kind of answer these questions. And um, if we can use better materials, if we can make better quality garments that last longer, that check the aesthetic box of the types of clothes we want to wear, then like, you know, maybe we're doing something right. So kind of a dream project being asked to do this, getting to work with some great people, it didn't work out. And again, it's, I think this is just a key part of the story because it gets to the heart of why what we're doing is, is so challenging. And um, the reality is that when you had a mature business like Quicksilver with, you know, a supply network globally that's used to building products a certain way, and protecting a certain margin, well, no one wants to disrupt that, you know? No one wants to all of a sudden have to go somewhere else to find organic cotton when they can get conventional cotton for more affordable prices. No one wants to have to go work with a more planet-friendly facility that's going to charge you more to manufacture with them because they're investing more in their workforce and in their facility in in their operations and making sure that it's it's clean. So so we we attempted all of this, we quickly realized that it was going to be sort of impossible to do it in that world and and it wasn't our decision to make. Quicksilver actually decided to shut it down. And um you know that was tough. Um I had my consultancy, I went off, I was doing other brands. I was working with a lot of other people and I tried to pick up the pieces on my end, but you know, Kelly and I kept in touch and we started talking about, you know, he was traveling on the tour, you know, would call every couple of weeks. And we just talk about like, is there, is there a different way of doing this? Could we do this on our own? Could we, could we, um, are there people out there that would want to partner up with us on kind of bringing this type of vision to life? And, uh, Kelly's long-term uh, business manager, Terry, was very instrumental in kind of helping navigate these conversations. But, you know, sort of everyone we talked to, a lot of people we talked to were, you know, telling us, oh, you're crazy. Don't do it. You know, like, if you want to do something and make money, 
build a brand, call it Kelly Slater, forget sustainability and sell it for the most affordable prices that you can. And everyone will buy it. And you guys will be, you know, like that, that was the path that we were being told to go down. So you asked me a, a, a pretty direct question. I'm finally getting to the answer. <laughs> um, ultimately we, there was, Kelly introduced me to another amazing man, Jeff Bizak and, you know, Jeff, Terry, Kelly and myself said, let's figure out how to do this. You know, I would be their creative partner. I still had my studio, but you know, let's, let's build the vision. Let's put it on paper. Let's really like, like build a strategy that we believe in, even if everyone around us is telling us it's impossible. And so that was around 2013, 2014. And the reason that is important too, is like fashion is generally about how quickly can you bring something to the market? A lot of businesses are, you know, how quickly can we get this to market? How big can it be? How much money can we make? Knowing that we wanted to build this brand with the highest regard for the environment and the people that are making our products, we knew we had to really slow down, take our time and build the foundation and the supply network that would allow us to accomplish those goals. So all of this is a long way of saying Outernown is a sustainable apparel brand. We make clothing for men and women. Um, our women's side of our business is about 18 months old at this point. Um, we've been selling men's products since the summer of 2015. You know, we looked around at the earliest inception and we were kind of, we had an idea of the type of clothes we wanted to wear. We thought it, they were really hard to come by in normal, uh, you know, in surf brands, the surf brands kind of all felt like the quality wasn't right, that they were very logo driven and, and felt like they were more for a younger customer. There was Patagonia who clearly has led the way in sustainability for more than 40 years that are a huge inspiration to us, but their products were built mostly for this very outdoor specific lifestyle. And, you know, we were thinking about the way that we were traveling the world and we wanted, we wanted clothes that could, could work in, in, in many different environments, not just on the beach, um, not just in the workplace, not just on the trail, but like, you know, really great looking clothes that fit amazingly well that you could feel very comfortable wearing um, anywhere your, your travels would take you. And so there was a few luxury brands that were dabbling a little bit in this idea of, of, of sustainability, but you know, their price points made them very unattainable to most. And so, so that was the inception of, I don't know, we wanted to, you know, it was Kelly's, it was Kelly's vision to build clothing in a way that was, that would never compromise on certain values, you know, being as, environmentally conscious as we possibly can and always looking out for the 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 well-being of our workforce um, at every tier and so 
yeah, that's what we set out to do. And um, it, it took us about 28 months to, to get those first items to the market. And um, yeah, it's been about five and a half years now of uh, selling products and, you know, no one saw this global pandemic coming. <laughs> so we're certainly um, having an interesting year, but uh, you know, that's, did I answer your question? <laughs> definitely. <laughs> you definitely answered the question. Um, but what, what was your response to those people who said that what you were pursuing and what you've been able to achieve wasn't possible? You know, I think we all probably handled it in different ways. Um, I was actually with Kelly when we had some pretty important people um, who had built their careers successfully in, in this space tell us it would never happen. And, you know, I think you have to believe that, that when the intent's right and you can put, you can get so obsessed about an idea that, you know, no one's going to stop you. Like in those early stages, we were really inspired. We were excited. Like we were, we had early funding come in from an incredible partner who had, who, it was a giant fashion conglomerate who had some of the greatest luxury brands in the world in their portfolio. And they believed in us, you know, clearly they wanted an alignment with Kelly as well because he was so well known, but, you know, seeing some of the right people show up and tell us this was possible, guide us, help make us connections. You know, I think we leaned obviously heavier into that. And, but we had, um, you know, one of the most respected merchants in fashion, someone I have incredible respect for and have always loved his work, Mickey Drexler, instrumental at building Gap and, and J. Crew. Um, he told Kelly and I that it would never work. He said, go down a different path, forget sustainability. I love your story. I love your coastal vibe. Sell it affordably, make great clothes that no one else makes and ditch sustainability. You know, uh, Kelly had other people, great, very close friends, um, confidants, bosses that helped him build his career that just said this will never work. You know, Terry, his longtime business manager, same thing. Like, you know, but we, we in that original vision visionary deck which is still in the corner of my office and i look at it all the time you know it said smash the formula we like it said many things but one of them was like we want to smash the formula and we all come we all come from different places like my expertise is is, is fashion and retail but there's a formula to every industry and every business and we just knew that like we were going to break it and those doubters kind of fueled the passion and desire to 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 break through and um, I'm not going to tell you that it, it hasn't been hard and you know there's it's it's building clothes is is challenging regardless of building them sustainably it's a it's a very challenging industry with a lot of variables that can go wrong um, and you know we're learning every single day and so I think you know, all of those things combined really, um, I liked hearing that we couldn't do it because I think deep down inside we knew we could. And we, we, we even said 
we may or may not be successful, but hopefully we can inspire others. And, um, you know, that's, I, I can see that we have, and that also means a lot, you know, like we're a tiny little piece of the, of, of a very large puzzle, but you know, I, there's so many more brands, retailers, manufacturers now in this responsible innovation conversation. And, um, I think it's, I think it's wonderful. Definitely. Um, so I would say one of the things that stuck out most to me when I heard you speak over at the proof lab event last year was when you said, um, you hoped people would steal your methods and that you're so transparent that they can. So uh, how important is it for you to have that transparency within your supply chain? Yeah, I mean, I would say for all of us at Outernown, um, it is something that is integral to our process. This idea of open sourcing and, and sharing our knowledge, both, you know, what's working, what's not working. And that is the antithesis of, of, of our trade, you know, traditionally and in sort of, I guess in any design capacity, but, but honestly, always in fashion, I was always taught to like, keep your suppliers, keep your methods, you know, keep, keep all the magic close to your heart. Don't share it with anyone. It's your competitive advantage. Don't open the door to your makers to anyone else because you don't want someone else to come in and, you know, take your sewing time, take your production time. And so, you know, we learned early on that, um, number one, we needed to learn from others that had done it before us. And so one of our earliest hires was this wonderful woman who came to us from Patagonia. And I had this idea that I could take a lot of my existing relationships that I had had over two decades and just ask them to help us build better products. Um, you know, let's not use conventional cotton. Let's use organic cotton. Let's not use synthetics made of virgin fibers. Let's use recycled nylons and recycled polys. And the reality is it's one thing to have that vision and it's another thing to be able to back it up, being able to verify that what we're selling and what we're telling you this is, is actually what it is. You said you learned some stuff coming to hear me speak. Well, I was out there going to every trade conference, going to every textile innovation manufacturing show, listening to anyone who would talk to me about you know their experiences and both in the sustainable conversation, but even outside of that, because I, I was just, I wanted to, I'd spent so much of the middle part of my career on the design and kind of messaging and experiential side of things that this was now like, we, we have to like get into the sausage making. We have to understand all of the inputs. And so, um, so a lot of people shared with me a lot of people shared with Kelly and, and everyone else in the company. I mean, we're, we're now 50 people plus. And from our CEO, Mark Walker, to our chief uh, sustainability director, Meg Stoneburner, to my partners in design and, and, and merchandising, Josh, Bethany, Zuri, Grace, you know, like, everyone you you call us you dm us you email us you have a question of where we 
did something where we built something and we'll give you the information. And, you know, I think that's what, that's what this is going to take. I mean, it's going to take a whole lot more than our tiny little business at Outer Known to, to make a real difference. So, yeah. And I know that Outer Known does a lot of collaborations. Um, so how important do you think it is for companies to collaborate on sustainable and ethical clothes or just in general collaborating? I mean, collaborating is such a, there's so much that you can unpack there in the sense that like for creatives and designers, it's just a, it's creative recess. It's like, wow, we got to trade off someone else's like expertise and heritage while we like tinker and, and, and add our own flair and bring something, you know, um, bring something to the market you can't find anywhere else. And so I think there is like an energy that exists in collaborations that is just, it's exciting. It's exciting for, for, for our business. Um, you know, it's exciting to know that like you can only get this collaboration if you go to a certain website or you go to a certain store. Um, so I think it's, it's very important to, to just creating good energy and storytelling for a business. I think our collaborations clearly always have this common thread of how do we bring something to the market that's not just desirable, but it's also, smashing the formula of whatever came before it so like how do we build a more sustainable gene how do we bring sustainable thinking to the luxury watch market you know how do we bring sustainability into the shoes that we're wearing and so you know that's been exciting for us to have all of those opportunities i mean I'm not going to, you know, clearly I think for a lot of brands they are excited to work with Kelly and, and, and I love that. I mean, he helps us amplify our story in ways that we, we never could without him. And so I think there's a, a lot of times that's why people reach out. Um, but it's, it's been incredible to work with these companies because there's so many things that we've shared through that process of bringing something to the market that, I can certainly say that I've learned so much from all of their expertise and, you know, hopefully we've brought a little something to them too. So we definitely weren't the first to collaborate. Um, I, I feel like we certainly won't be the last and I, you know, it's kind of just a part of fashion, but you know, I love it. And I love that we can continue. I love that we have this sustainable piece to our puzzle because like, that's the point of difference and that's, it's really exciting to be able to take something great, deconstruct it, and then build it better. And, you know, that's, that should be the goal in everything we make, but it's really fun to do that with other brands. And I know this may be a difficult question as a designer, because I know that a brand is an artistic expression, but I feel like on social media, I see someone trying to create a new brand every day. Do we really need any more brands that don't have any sort of positive impact on the planet? I mean, the, the short answer is no. I will say that we're living through extraordinary times right now. And so I'm not saying that this perspective, that this pandemic alone has given us this greatest, greater perspective because I saw so many other brands across many industries beyond fashion coming into the sustainability conversation and, you know, this idea of 
making every decision with with the planet in mind, you know, and I applaud that. Like I, I saw it already happening, but you know, now look, as hard as this year has been, as many lives that have been lost, and as as you know, there's so many people out of work, but it's also really putting such a magnifying lens on on the reality of how sick this world is, you know, not just physically ill, but you know, the climate crisis and you know what um, we've all we've all been working remotely living remotely glued to our screens so you know the flooding on the east coast the fires in australia and california and brazil and what's happening in the polar ice caps like you can't not see this happening and so you know there's only one one way forward if um your generation and my daughter and my son's generation will ever get to experience nature to the fullest is that we have to change. And so I'm sure there will continue to be companies that cut corners. But what I do think is this idea of sustainability is going to, is already becoming an, an inherent piece of how we value quality. You know, I think it will be, it won't be good enough just to make a great product. It has to be a great product that also is great for the planet and the people that made it. And, and I do think that is the only path forward. And with social media and just the way we share information today, if you're not doing it that way, people, it's very easy to figure that out. I think that's, that's definitely where my, where my head's at. I do think creatively like sustainability is, it's just another building block to our process. And as much as I want to tell you, like at the beginning, it was, it was so challenging. There were so many hurdles and there continues to be, we learn every day, but like there is, there, there does come a point. And for me, it was probably, you know, a year into selling clothes where I just, I stopped focusing on all of those challenges and hurdles and sustainability and responsible innovation just became you know, a key component of my creative process and not just mine, but the entire company. And we just inherently now make sure that we check all those boxes. And I do think in the not too distant future, my hope is that most businesses will think and and operate that way. So you actually just came out with your 2030 sustainability strategy can you talk a bit about what your main goals are for this? Yeah, um, 100%. And I would also say, too, if you go to outerknown.com, up on the top nav, we have a sustainability section. And you can not only read about our entire journey through building the brand and all of the um, learnings along the way, but we've also published our strategy there. So the entire 2030 strategy um exists there but i'll 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 give you kind of the the ultimate goal and then i'll kind of quickly talk about the steps that we want to take to get there so sustainability has been the the buzzword for quite some time now i tend to like to talk about responsible innovation because you know i think sustainability means a lot of different things to a lot of different people and but if you talk about always like wanting to innovate to build things in a better way, 
it'll lead me to this idea of circularity and and trying to explain to you this goal we set for ourselves. So by 2030 as a brand, we wanna be completely circular. And what this means is that we wanna design all waste and all hazardous emissions and pollution out of our design and creative process. Pretty lofty idea, you know, and there are times where, you know, I trip out thinking about, you know, is this even possible? But it's it's no different than in 2013 and 14, people telling us we were crazy to even think we could build clothing sustainably. And so getting back to the core of like circularity. So I talk a lot about like today as a company, we use almost across the board preferred fibers. So organic, recycled, regenerated, we're working on some bio alternatives right now, but you know, we don't work with conventional fibers. When we launched women's a hundred percent of everything was made out of these preferred fibers. Um, across the board, we're at about 90, uh, north of 90%. Now organic cotton is so much better than conventional cotton. We're putting less pesticides into the earth. We're using less water. Um, and it's a much healthier alternative but we're still building virgin fibers. It might be organic, but we're still bringing new materials into the world. So this idea of circularity beyond what I said about designing all waste and all pollution out of everything we're doing, it's also this idea of like only using materials that already exist. And everything that we're designing is being designed to be constantly regenerated, recycled. So that's the goal. Um, you know, by the the three pillars of, of hitting that goal is this idea of leading innovation across the board. And I'll dig into that a little bit. Um, you know, we want to accelerate all of these different circular solutions. We're talking to everyone from like the smallest startups to much bigger enterprises. But we also want to advance our fair labor practices. You know, they've always been integral to, to who we are and what we do, but we want to take it further and deeper. And, you know, just on the, the innovation side, so we've made, we've set a couple goals for ourselves. So um, I'm reading, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure I, I say this right, but 75% of our fabrics and 50% of our products, we want to be completely circular by 2025. Um, that is tomorrow in fashion things move so fast and so by 2030 as i said 100 percent of everything we make we want to be circular we also want to make a commitment to pioneering new innovation not just once every few years but every season and if you if you followed us from the beginning or if you go to our website you'll read about you know, we launched with something called Econel, which is a nylon six textile comprised of regenerated fishing nets, the plastic discards from making furniture and the top pile of industrial carpeting. And um, really exciting textile innovation that, you know, we're very proud to have helped bring into the market and, 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 like celebrate in a big way. And it's been a huge part of our brand, but 
but really since then, you know, there's been a few other things that we've, we've pioneered, but we want to be bringing an Econil like innovation, which truly embodies this idea of circularity to, um, to our business at least twice a year. So, you know, I, I said seasonally, but really like you got your spring and summer and your fall and winter. And the goal is to introduce more of those. They're not all going to work. You know, part of pioneering is that you try certain things and, you know, some, some of them don't work, but um, you know, our, our hope and our goal is that when, you know, that there is more that does continue to, show that this is possible, not just that the innovation is possible, but that you can actually build beautiful, well-made, desirable products with, with, with these ideas. And so, um, so that's definitely like, that's kind of the, the highlights, the headlines of our 2030 plan. Uh, I already said it, it's sometimes it's a little daunting trying to figure out how we're actually going to achieve that. And it's quite, it goes into a lot more depth than most brands that just think of sustainability more as like part of their messaging or part of their marketing. I mean, it's truly like a holistic approach for us from top to bottom. So um, but yeah, that's, that's the goal. And like I said, you can download the entire, the, the plan in, it, in its entirety on our website. So I, I think that most people are somewhat aware of the potential harm that was induced in the clothes that they purchase and yet people are still buying these clothes. How do we convince people that what they purchase really does matter and actually has a significant impact? We'll convince them how, like in the way that we're just so they... I think in the, in, in the sense that convincing people that their wallet actually does have a significant impact, like what they choose to buy really does matter well look it's um a lot of this is we're hearing it all the time in 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 popular culture and and politics today but i mean if you don't like something you can do something about it you can show up and vote if you want to ensure that the that there's more great products and brands in the world that are looking out for your future and the and the and the health of our planet then go support those brands you know i will say i will say this that could come back to haunt me but i'm going to assume that most people and brands that say they're doing good are truly trying to do good not not all of them not all of them and i hope that there are more people holding the industry and, 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 and businesses accountable. But, you know, I think some of this is harder to verify. We work very hard to be able to verify it all, but that comes at a cost. And, you know, there's a lot of young emerging businesses, brands, chefs, uh, architects that are doing things using the most responsible materials they can, the most, the healthiest ingredients, um, you know, repurposing materials and in, 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 in building. And, you know, they're not always going to be able to like show you all the certificates that you want and have, you know, the big marketing budgets to scream their story from at the highest level. But let's assume that their intentions are right. And let's, as customers, we have all the power. Let's go support those 
businesses, big or small. And because I think there's a lot of big businesses doing great work too. Um, again, I, I don't know if I'm answering your question as much as just telling you kind of where my heart is at, but this idea of disposable anything is so broken, you know, like disposable fashion, fast fashion, um, fast food, like give it up. Like that's just going to end us all in a fast ending. And I think we're, you got to play the long game. And there was something I was listening to yesterday. And I just, I, I love this sentiment that like fashion feels good. So I'm, I'm being selfish. I'm again, talking about clothes, what I do, but when you buy new, when you buy something you love, there's an emotional piece of that puzzle and it feels good to put it on. Well, it feels even better to know that it was made with the utmost regard for people and planet, you know, like when you can put those two pieces together, whether you're buying fashion, chocolate, coffee, a car, um, you know, to me, it's all, it, it sort of all adds up to the same thing. So, you know, we've got all the power and if we stop, buying from the people that aren't working this way, we will force them to either change their habits or they will go out of business. And that's a great place to be. If we don't like the people that are making the laws and, and, and running our countries, we can vote them out, you know, and it's, 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 it's very similar. And so um, I think it's the most, I think this year and this pandemic and just how, you know, we're all working and thinking and operating differently, but like strangely, I feel like we're all becoming more connected and we're, we're having conversations like this one. And, you know, I think, I think it's really giving people great perspective and um, we're seeing just, it's amazing how the outer known community is showing up to support us. And, you know, my thought is no different than my, my peers here at the company, like, it feels great in this time to build, to be a brand that thinks and acts and operates in this way with so much, you know, regard and love for the planet and the people we work with. I think it's, that's why people are coming to work with us. That's why people are continuing to buy a product. So, you know, I, I think that to me is, is, is the path forward for, for any, any business that wants to be, that wants to be relevant and, and, and exist. Definitely. So something that I ask everyone, what would you say to someone who wants to make a positive impact, but doesn't know where to start? Um, great question. And I love that you're just, it's, you know, you're, you're framing it as like, that just wants to make a positive impact. Um, just make the commitment to, be the best you can be doing whatever you're doing with the best intentions. Don't overthink every step of the process to the point that you freak yourself out and you give up because I really believe that in this business, the little wins matter. And if you can just prove that by 
wanting and, and putting your, your effort and creativity into building something better. If you can, even if you don't bring something to the market, but you've taught yourself something that you can share with your friends, I think that's a huge step. And yeah, so it's just, I, it, I guess it goes back to this idea of, of, of optimism. And, you know, I wake up every no, every morning with the promise of a new day and I forget about, I try to at least forget about the mistakes of yesterday and what didn't work. And I just get back into this idea of like, how can we solve this problem? How can we get this fabric with all of those functional attributes that we really want that's also sustainable? It might, we might not get it all and that's okay. Like we, I, I might not get all of that in this next fabric, but if I can get one of those pieces and then next season get another piece, then we're moving in the right direction. And so I just think focus on the wins, you know, learn, fr learn from the, the mistakes and the things that don't work, but, you know, keep going and keep sharing, keep listening, keep collaborating. And, you know, I, I, I think that's, that's the formula. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining the Bold Moves Only podcast. Yeah, Jason, I, I really appreciate you. Um, you've been very patient with me. And um, I, I just I wanted to quickly thank my cousin Scott, too, who introduced us at Proof Lab last year because, you know, I, I love him and, and I've enjoyed listening to some of your other episodes. So keep up the good work you're doing, too. And yeah, let's stay in touch. Absolutely. Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Just like what we eat, we need to be more mindful of what we are wearing. We need to really consider the ethical and environmental implications of the clothes we buy. You know, Zara is cool. Uh, but just Google Zara labor abuse and get back to me. One resource I found to be really useful when looking for clothes is goodonyou.eco. E-C-O. This website rates brands based on how they fare with environment, labor, and animals. So let's do our research. Let's be bold. And let's buy better. Have a great day.